Howdy and hello. You are listening to the Elevate Your Eight podcast, and I am your undeniably excited host, Chris McPeak. This is a 15-minute weekly show where I will attempt to break down your excuses and debunk the myths regarding why you do not have any time to do your shit. Gear up, grab your planner, we're going to have an amazing time. Okay, hello everybody. This is Chris McPeak with Elevate Your Eight, and I'm super excited to have Jeffrey Harrington talking to us today. Um, so, just to remind you that Elevate Your Eight is a weekly 15 minute podcast on time management and productivity. Our goal here is to help you maximize your work hours, your sleep hours, and that negligible eight that's left over so that you can make the very best of your time during your day and not kill yourself. <laughs> Jeff is a good friend and a former colleague, employee of mine. So I'm just going to cut to the Jason, let him tell his story really fast before we uh, get with the interview. Jeff, tell us your story, man. Hey, McPeak. Um, Hello. All right. So I've got a kind of a weird story. Uh, I started out my, uh, my college career as a finance major many moons ago, and I thought I wanted to make a billion dollars. And the second I met the people who made a billion dollars, I think I want to be an educator. Uh, So after a failed attempt at grad school, uh, a very, I'm so glad I failed at it because it was a really good learning lesson. Uh, I jumped right back into a credential program and started teaching um, business education at the junior high level, which was by far the best job I've ever had. Um, I went from there after being like, oh, there's no job market. There's no job market after a couple of years. And I jumped to the university level where I had a couple friends who were like, Jeff, you should work in housing. I was like, what in the heck does that mean? Like working for college housing? How do I do that? Uh, so I applied uh, three times. And after the third time, finally got a job. I don't know if you knew that, McPig. I don't think I did know that. Yeah. So third applied, time's the charm. I know. Well, you were, you were the supervisor at that point. Ah, see? It was meant to be. I don't think I got the responsibility for hiring you, though. I would have liked to say I could own that. But anyway. Well, full credit to Chris McPeak for hiring Jeff. <laughs> I taught him everything he knows. Yeah. <laughs> So I did that for, I spent five years doing that. Um, I left that with a ton of skills that I would have never had uh, if I didn't jump into the housing world. And then I did another 18 months in admissions, kind of rolling around California, recruiting people to come to college. And now for the last year and one month, I've been at Career Center doing career help with students, strategy stuff, life work. Um, and if, I didn't say this before, but... Uh, during that like time, there's a five-year period where I work for a company doing uh, philanthropic corporate team building, uh, ropes courses, business That's right. Jobs. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a big part of my, uh, I don't know, my fil- facilitation skill set. I kind of sure. started from there. So that's a little bit about me. And I'm a tall, energetic dude. You are very tall and you are super energetic. Let me tell you guys, uh, you can't see Jeff right now. We're recording. I can see him. And, but I, of course I know him. So I know how tall he is, but, um, Jeff just has a presence and I'm sure y'all are going to feel that as we continue to visit here for a little bit. Um, so Jeff, back when you were in housing, you had a really unique strategy of, um, 
of getting out there and meeting people on campus. And I, I especially want to talk about this on the podcast because I think people get all jacked up over thinking, I don't have time to network. I don't have time to get out of my office because I'm just way too freaking busy. And you made networking a priority, but you do it in a really unique and special way that I think is, is really super indifferent. So you want to talk a little bit about how that started and, and what, it, uh, what it developed into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so networking was is is a part of who I am. Uh, I am a a woo for all of you Clifton Strengths Finders people out there. Yeah, woo woo. Uh, I very much enjoy getting to know people. Um, as someone who has a brother who is not one of those types of people, I can totally empathize with the uh, the non extroverts in the world. But what I, what I started doing was scheduling campus walks. So. I did 15, 30 minute walks as my kind of break time to get out of the office. And originally it was just a chance to get out and just walk, but slowly but surely it became strategic. And after I met a couple of people just accidentally while walking through campus, kind of doing a, I want to call a Jeff Harrington wave. Oh, good morning. Nice to see you. Hey, hello. Good morning. Uh, like if, I don't know. McPeak, you probably know a movie where somebody would do that, but like a, like a 1950s milkman just kind of waving everybody. Right. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, part of that for me was uh, just just walking. And then it turned into, after about a week of getting out and kind of sweating, uh, it was just stopping by strategic offices, uh, people who I hadn't met yet, departments where maybe I wanted to work one day or departments where I just needed to drop off a form. And instead right. of emailing it to them, I would walk up to them and say, hey, here's that form that you needed. Um, I'm Jeff. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, and then we'd have a, a, a very authentic, real conversation about whatever was happening that day. And then I would just add them to my list. So if I had an A, B, and C walk that day where I was going from building A to building C to building A to B to C, I might throw in a D and an E and an F after I met those people accidentally. Yeah. So it just slowly started to pick up momentum and... Then I would add some introverts on my on my schedule, bring a couple of colleagues with me, and then we just started meeting people. Hang on a second, I got lost there. That's no, okay, I'm still here. Well, keep talking. You don't have to see me to keep talking. <laughs> All right. So uh, one of the one of the best. Can I t- can I tell the story, McPeak? Yes, please do. Perfect. One of the best opportunities that I accidentally stumbled upon. Um, I was at a retirement party kind of office gathering type thing. There was like, Hey, whole campus is invited. This person. Right, is yeah. And so I showed up. I was like, Hey, free food. Yes, please. That's right. Six, six, two forty. Uh, I'll take free food. <laughs> Feed me Seymour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I showed up, got in line for the food, snacks, coffee, all that jazz. And I was standing next to this, uh, what I would call a disheveled looking older man. And he would love me for saying <laughs> that. Uh, scruffy beard, Hawaiian shirt, shorts, uh, flip floppy sandals. And we just started shooting the breeze. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. My name's Drew. Oh, hey, my name's Jeff. Uh, we had this great conversation. At the end of it, I was like, hey, where do you work? He goes, oh, I work over in uh, Kendall Hall. I work in the vice, vice president's office. I was like, all right, great, cool. Well, I'll stop by and say hi. I put you on my walk. You know, is what I was thinking in the back of my head. Yeah. And like three days later, I see him uh, on stage in a suit at like a president's convocation type thing, uh, addressing the entire student body. He said, hi, I'm the 
vice president of student affairs. And in my head, I'm like, oh, God, I just totally <laughs> had this super ca- casual conversation with Drew Calandrella, the vice president. The vice president. Uh, which was great because we had this very uh, casual conversation, casual relationship from then on out. Um, because every time I saw him, after I added him to my walks, I'd uh, just say, hey, Drew, when other people would feel like they had to dress up and put their bow tie on and their jacket and their, you know, I just would shoot the breeze and say hi. And I can credit it to like half white privilege and half male like privilege. (laughs) Goodness gracious. (laughs) (laughs) But the other half, I think is just genuine conversation. Absolutely. uh, And and love for meeting new people. That's a passion of mine. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously Drew was a big connection that you made from those walks, but um, are there other specific connections that you still have right now and they've actually aided in your um, progression there at, um, at the college? Yeah, a ton. So uh, working in housing, I, I got the opportunity to work with a lot of different people. Um, but in order for me to work with a lot of different people, I had to meet a lot of different people. Yep. So, so a good example would be we did RA training for a month every summer. Mm-hmm. And we always would need new people to come in and do trainings. We pull in the police department. We pull in EOP. Yeah. We pull in the Cross-Cultural Leadership Center. And if you didn't know those people, they might not respond to your email. That's uh, true. <laughs> So for me, uh, we would go out on like, so part of my campus walks, I go out and meet people. And sometimes they were like big corporate type connections where they're really important. And other times they were equally important, but they were just what I would call regular people like you and me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those were just as important because they helped me bring in new things to my department. And then they helped me network in a way to where I found my new job because I, I met new people in admissions. And then when I worked at admissions, I continued the walks and then I met new people in the career center, which is where I am now. And that, that conversational, comfortable networking for me was, is, feels way more authentic than going to a, a mixer or a networking event and shaking hands and kissing babies and, feeling awkward that I have to force conversation. Yeah. I'd much rather do it in just a, a regular, hey, how's it going? Nice to see you type of way. I could not agree more. And that's, I love, in case, uh, when y'all finished listening to the podcast today, you need to go hit Jeff up on LinkedIn because he's done some really fantastic writing for that um, for that platform. And one of his articles is really based completely on this camp campus walk concept. And I think Jeff, you call it network naturally, right? Yeah, totally. Network naturally. And I do, um, I do quote you in my new book, Elevate Your Eight, which is for sale now, by the way. Um, and, uh, so you had some, in the article, you had some specific tips for how to make this authentic and how to make it not feel forced. So if you were going to maybe coach somebody on how to, implement this strategy at the workplace for themselves like what would you where would you tell people to start oh my gosh so many things um do what makes you feel comfortable i think is the first part that's great so if if you are uncomfortable going on a campus walk and picking up certain offices on your walk just to say hi don't do that right um I think an easy one for me is make an excuse to get out of the office. Mm-hmm. So if your bathroom outside of your office is two <laughs> office doors down, but there's one on the fifth floor and you can go up four floors and take the stairs and maybe accidentally walk past someone's office. Maybe that's what you do. Yeah. So getting, getting out and making a new route, I think is helpful building those brain synapses. 
Um, but then also, like, if you need to take something to an office, like, I often will send a student because it's easier. Hey, would you, would you yep. mind walking this across campus to uh, do X, Y, and Z? When, in fact, I could totally use my legs and able body and walk my way across campus. Um, and so that for me is great because then I'm not only walking from A to B, but all the people in between, I'm saying hi to students, I'm saying hi to faculty and staff and my directors that are out there that are waving to me and saying hi, oh, look, Jeff's always out there. Uh, so, so getting out of the office, making an excuse to leave, um, if you have the opportunity to go to something networky, uh, do it. If you can, bring a buddy. Uh, I think yeah. one of my friends and colleagues and I think longtime life friends forever, Mark Bryce, uh, would be... Hi, Mark. <laughs> hopefully Mark's out there. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> he better listen. Uh, Mark, you better be listening. <laughs> I hope so, too. Mark's the best. He is. Uh, I think he would call himself an outgoing introvert. So yes. he would have done any of these things right. uh, by himself. But if he had a buddy, Mark will do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, if you aren't one of those people who wants to be an extrovert or to just try this on their own, I say, find a friend who's willing and able and pony up and be their buddy. Um, Mark and I were great because Mark and I would walk around and he'd know certain people and I'd know different people and his conversations looked so different than mine. Yeah. While he would bring another friend or bring his other coworker and then they do their own separate campus walk and it just kind of... Sp- it's kind of spread like wildfire. We had five or six people in our apartment doing campus walks at different times and different days. And for me, I put it in my calendar as like a time to get up and it would ding. And I go, okay, well, I got 15 minutes for my next meeting. Let's go walk yeah, around. I was just, just going to ask you if you intentionally schedule these or if you made them more organic as the, the day went through or if you did a little bit of both. I'm a super planner. <laughs> I'm married to a super planner. And so for me... <laughs> Uh, if I don't schedule, I probably won't do it because something else will get in the way. Um, right. so I made it a priority early on to just get up and get out. Now, six years later, I'm pretty good at just doing it because it's part of my routine now. Nice. So it's not, it's, it's not in my calendar, but at some point in the day, I walk out and I go do my thing. Um, and then I think just the, the part of routinely walking a document across campus when I don't have to. It's just part of my everyday now. Right. Um, yes, for the first, I'd say probably three years, something would ding at like 10.30, 1 o'clock, and it would change every day based on my schedule. But five days a week, I'd get up and just go outside. It was almost like if I was a smoker, it'd be my smoke break. Right, yeah. <laughs> Look so, at how much more healthy you are, Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yes, I absolutely scheduled it for a long time. Super cool. Um, let me think. So I didn't ask you this question last time, but I'm going to ask you now just because it's relevant to the subject of the podcast. Um, so obviously, my friends listening, this is the eight hours of work piece that we're focusing on here today, how to make um, more effective use of your workday. Jeff, if you had one more hour in the day, let's say you could wake up tomorrow and you magically had 25 hours, what would you spend that extra hour doing? What would or what should I do? And we're going to do a would here. Okay. What would I do? Oh, I know exactly what I would do. Um, I would play piano the entire time. Piano, guitar, nice. drums. I play a ton of music yeah. uh, before I now have a four-month-old. Um, and so I don't do that as much. I play with him a lot, like on my lap. And he kind of like hammers away at four months as much as you can. Um, but if I had an hour of like absolute bliss and silence, I think I'd just keep playing and recording music. Uh, I have a music kind of area in my house. I call it a studio, but it's really just a fourth bedroom that we don't use. Right. Uh, so I have, 
I, the drum set, a loop pedal, a bunch of old DJ software. And so I would, I would do that. Cause that to me is my way of like, uh, what do you call it? Reju- rejuvenating. Uh, if, if I were an introvert. Yeah. Decompressing. Exactly. Um, a good example. My wife asked me when we were on one of our first dates, Hey Jeff, how much time do you need to be by yourself? I was like, Ooh, uh, 40 minutes a day. And, wow, that's very specific. Yeah, yeah, and I was kind of being sarcastic, and she was like, "Great, cool, me too." As you know, two extroverts married, I don't need a lot of alone time. Right, uh, my alone time is music. So if I could play with five other people, that would be just dandy for me. So if I had that's an hour, awesome. I would absolutely play music with as many people as I could, probably. I love it. Cool, Jeff. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you and read your stuff, or you know, just learn more how to network naturally? Totally. Um, LinkedIn super easy for me. So my LinkedIn.com slash IN slash, you know, your name. And so mine is Jeffrey B. Harrington. Um, I'm also Jeffrey B. Harrington at gmail.com. So if you have an email question, feel free to reach out. I love humans and interaction. So I'll be, I'm quick too. So if you reach out, I'll probably get back to you within the day. So. Well, I vouch for all of that stuff that Jeff just told you. This is one of the most authentic, real, and fun people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing in my life. So, Jeff, thank you for being on the podcast today. Absolutely. And, uh, and we'll chat more soon. Take care, everybody. 